Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Choices, Finding Your Joy. Paula Vale here, and today is going to be joy and fun. I have with us, and I am going to call him the fun guy, Vincent Jenna. He is a world-renowned, powerful psychic counselor. He's a spiritual mentor and teacher. And he does so much for so many people in so many ways, uh, it just can't be explained. Plus, he has uh, his own podcast, his own show that he'll share with us today. Uh, so first off, Vincent, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Paula. I'm excited to be here. I, I, I love being with you, and especially with that beautiful painting of Seattle in the background there. We were just there and for an event, and it was spectacular at the East West Bookshop. Oh, my gosh. I have taught Reiki there before. Oh, I'm okay. I'm a Reiki master teacher as well, and I have... Uh, done some things up there. It's a great store. Oh, God. It is. I, I knew that about you because I'm psychic. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Hands on. Well, yes, I love it. Well, then let's start out with, uh, tell us about that, a little bit about your background and how'd you discover you were psychic and had these great gifts that you share with everyone? Oh my gosh, Paula, I wish I could tell you that I was five years old and I walked into my bedroom and there was Archangel Michael or Jesus sitting at the end of my bed and he wanted to talk with me and give me some profound messages, but it didn't happen that way at all. Usually it was my mother sitting at the end of the bed with a belt because I did something wrong and ready to, to reprimand me, but it wasn't Archangel Michael. Um, it wasn't until I was 28 years old. Up until then, I was pursuing a professional acting and singing career and dancing as well. Uh, I, been my biggest claim to fame is I was in the movie Grease with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John as a singer and a dancer. Um, and the reason for that is I was a very tormented child until I was 17 years old. My entire youth uh, is filled with abuse and kids at school um, abusing me and mom and dad at home abusing me. And that included sexual abuse from a babysitter and the parish priest and all of that. Um, and, and my acting, my talents were actually my resilience that kept me alive. Otherwise, um, I probably wouldn't be here um, not wanting to live with that torment that I was going through. But the applause is what I translated into being worthy and lovable. Um, so that kept me going. Um, and it, it really didn't bring me very much, as much as it should have um, or could have, uh, because of other issues that I was dealing with from all the hurts and the pains. And at 28 years old, I was reunited at my high school reunion, my first high school reunion with actually the kid who caused most of my antagonism in high school. He was the super jock and the class clown at the same time, so he was so popular that he used to instigate all the other guys and girls to um, abuse me. But at the high school reunion, it was a couple of years right after the movie Grease was released, and the movie Grease became an overnight sensation. So the idea that I was in it made me very popular. 
So in going to this reunion, which I wasn't going to miss at that point, I went with my wife and a chip on my shoulder right here, nice and big going, aha, you abused me, but I was in a famous movie. Um, and I didn't expect the response that I got from everybody. I was the superhero. Everybody just surrounded me. And that kid who caused my greatest antagonism came running to me, embraced me, wouldn't let go, sat by my side at my table for the rest of the evening. We went out to breakfast early in the morning and just talked and talked and talked and talked. Well, to make a long story short and jump ahead a couple of years, we became really close friends. And he was having life issues. His entire life basically was falling apart. But he wasn't sharing it with anybody, wouldn't tell anybody. But after a visit, a weekend visit at his Connecticut home, my wife and I are driving home. I'm hysterical crying because I knew it's somewhere deep inside of me that his life was falling apart and I didn't know what to say and how to help him. And so I cried out for God to, and I begged God. This was really the only time that I begged God to help me. But the weirdest thing, Paula, was is I was begging God to give me the ability to help my friend and other people like him because I knew what it was like to have your self-esteem and self-image torn away. Well, within a week of that prayer, that's when the Steven Spielberg movie started to happen to my life. I mean, it was complete epic with smoke, psychics, paranormal stuff, dead people coming into my life, all of this information flooding into my head like a dam had opened, a voice coming out of my mouth, which was my guide, my wife thinking maybe he's going crazy, I should call the local rabbi because she was Jewish, the local priest because I was Catholic, Bellevue because we lived close to that insane asylum in New York. She didn't know what to do. Thank God she still believed me and she was with me since I was 17 years old and knew that I didn't know any of that stuff I was talking about. And it just was prevailed to me that I was now going to become a spiritual teacher rather than a professional actor and entertainer. Um, and that's how it wind up beginning for me. And I just jammed in unbelievable experiences in a very short little description that I hope wasn't too confusing. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is an amazing story. And I have to tell you, you know, you know, talking about the, the school bullying, I talk about right. that in my new book. Why am I so happy? There was a year in junior high. I, I wouldn't even remove my coat. Oh, I was so made fun of because I was thin and shy. But you know, there came a time, a day when I made the decision, love me or don't. I'm going to be me. Wow. And I'm not going to let it. And I tell you, it set me free, Vincent. It set me free. <sighs> But well, that you were pretty brave and courageous to come to that point. I could never come to that point. As a matter of fact, it, it took me years, even when this happened to me and I started developing these abilities, it still took me years to accept them. And because of all the torment, I still hear little Vinny popping out of me wanting to say, well, you're not good enough. You're not going to get what you want. You don't deserve it. And I have to be in control of him. But because of him in my past, it's how I develop the programs that I teach today and the work that I do privately and in group with people all over the world. And that, you know, really that gives 
you such an understanding when you're helping yeah. others that have gone through that type of thing, doesn't it? It, it does. And um, it's so funny because I've spoken with many, I've had the privilege and the honor for the universe to bring me a lot of the world messengers uh, that I have helped to wake up to their um, uh, new passion and mission in life, going around and teaching and helping people. And they all seem to come from a very similar tormented background in different degrees. Um, and it's the way I look at it, it's as if um, it's a sculptor uh, trying to sculpt the statue. Now, a lot of people don't ever see the process of sculpting. You know, when Michelangelo took a giant block of marble to create David, I mean, he, he's got this big giant 14 foot at least block of Italian marble and he's hammering it away and there's shards and, and powder flicking all over the place, shards going into his eye. He was almost blinded for a while. He had to wear a bandana across his mouth because of the powder going into his lungs. It was a mess. But then, of course, we see the results at the end, polished and shining and absolutely gorgeous and brilliant. And I kind of feel that the messengers go through that process to make them the helpers in the world today. And we each go through that process in a different level and degree in our own personal lives, just to be able to evolve and experience our own divinity and magnificent. But especially those messengers, I find all come from some torment in the past that led them to become the teachers they are today. So it doesn't surprise me. It gives us the ability to relate them. Who goes, who has ever gone to a substance abuse meeting and have it led by somebody who's never drank a glass of wine or had a martini or substance abuse problem at all? They don't go because they can't relate to them. Exactly. So because of the torment I went through and even what you went through, we can relate to anybody's pain and have compassion, which is what allows us to help, right? Oh, that is so true. That is such a powerful statement. And that really, you know, and that's how, you know, I've looked at challenges in my life is what they've taught me and what perceptions they've given me going forward in life and how I can help others. In a way, right. it's, it's a gift in a way, even though at the time you don't think so. It's- Oh God, I know it's not. interesting, aren't they, Vincent? Oh, it is. <laughs> but I do tell people in the metaphysical world, lay people, I don't necessarily go there with what I'm about to say, but us, I do mention the fact of soul contract and some of that soul contract. And I was even told before my mother was dying, I was taking care of her. We have a matter of fact, built this home to move my mother and father in here with us so that we can take care of them before they died. Even though they tormented me through my entire youth, I was able to let go of that. Um, and, and the shaman said, can you imagine how much that soul that was your mother loved you? Because before you came down here, you asked her to come down with you, but you asked her to 
torment you and not be an adoring, nurturing mother, but be an abusive mother because of where you wanted to go as a teacher and spiritual help today. And can you imagine how much she would have had to love you to agree to that, knowing that you would dislike her through most of your life rather than loving her? She gave up so much because she loved you so much. And when I thought of it that way, I was like, wow, if everybody can only just think that there's a very strong possibility that those people in our lives that caused us the most pain, we could very well have a, a contract with them for them to have done that. I know that, look at my friend, I just finished telling you a story where the guy who caused all my antagonism was the guy who caused my greatest blessings. Now that doesn't happen by coincidence right? Mm -hmm. There is something sacred and synchronistic and possibly planned in that. So I know through that and the validation that I received that my entire beginning, I set up to get me to where I am today, you know? And so, yes, we use that. Now, I also believe those are dumb choices we make before we come here, but we feel so unlimited and gung-ho and we want to take everything on and we want to be the great greatest at everything. So bring it on, bring it on. But it has a, a chance of pushing us further away from our God source and our highest self. And I'm glad I didn't take that route. And I'm still dealing with those residuals and scarred little Vinny that I was talking about. But I'm grateful for the choices I made. And I'm sure you're grateful for the choices you made too. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm, yeah. Go to my website. You can see all the choices that I made at vincentjenna.com. Oh, and that's with a G-E-N-N-A. And, and you can see all my different media interviews that I did and all the information that I was able to receive and get at this point in my life and through 37 years of all the work that I have done. I love it. And when you work with people, Vincent, you can help them to realize these contracts uh, among everything else you do? Would you say that's part of what you well, do? Well, that's, yes. As a psychic, see, there's the thing. And, um, uh, and just so that everybody knows, I also went back to school to become a psychotherapist and get that training. Uh, that was after I became psychic. I wanted to add more credibility and more expertise in my knowledge and in my field. So that way, when I'm out there, I can go really deep within a human psyche and not be afraid of the can of worms I'm going to open up a Pandora's box, right? The proverbial box. So I use my psychic abilities, my mediumship abilities, my psychotherapy abilities, um, even my entertaining abilities to go in, grab a person's soul, really examine it, go deep down into areas that they have not been to in years and see what's blocking them, what's getting in the way, bring it to the surface because you cannot heal what you don't see needs healing. And then with them, give them the solution and the strength and the empowerment to do the healing so that they can release that, believe in themselves, and create the lives finally that they want and deserve and fulfill all their dreams. So yes, I see all of that. I see the intricacies that other psychic mediums don't see. They don't always go there. I'm not afraid to go there. I'm an Italian New Yorker. I'm ready to get down in the mud with you. Let's come on, put on the gloves. Let's go. All right. Um, I love, yeah. I love it. And I have to say, I love Italians, love New York. I, 
I owned an Italian restaurant. I was in. Oh, you kidding me? I'm not Italian, but I fell in love with Italians. <laughs> oh, where was the restaurant? You don't have it anymore. I love Italian food. I'd love to 20, visit. Twenty-seven years, but the, wow. the original owner was from uh, Valenzano, Southern Italy, so it was authentic food, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, over here in North Carolina, it's good to have authentic Italian food. Over here in North Carolina, we've got New York pizza from two guys from Brooklyn, and they're actually two guys from Mexico. And I mean, they're Spanish and Latin, and, and that, you know, which I think is really funny, but, but they have a Brooklyn pizza place, <laughs> which I think is funny. And it doesn't taste anything like New York pizza, but so be it. That's what they want to do. So it's good to have authenticity. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I something I, I absolutely love that you do as well, Vincent, is animal communication. I'm, oh. Uh, tell us yeah. about that. For, for those oh, who wow. realize they can connect with their pet to help oh. them and their pet. Everybody can. Yeah, well, first of all, we're all psychic to start with because we're intuitive. Intuition and psychic ability is the exact same thing. We're tapped into the exact same dimension and place. Uh, Carl Jung, who was Freud's student, called it the collective unconscious mind, the mind of God. So we're all tapped in there. So are all living things. And so it, it, the way it happened for me, which is really interesting, is a colleague and friend of mine in L.A., um, had contacted me. He had a music company and it was really interesting what he used to do. He used to go with a, a psychic and and have the psychic animal communicator communicate with a distressed animal, a pet. Um, I mean, gosh, they even talked to some pink dolphins, which was really cool. Get information from the animal and then the songwriter would write a song that they would then play for the animal to help the animal in some way. So it was really interesting. So one day he called me up because they lost the psychic um, animal communicator. And he asked me, would I be able to do that? Now, I had never tried communicating with animals. I mean, yeah, I sensed them. I knew them. I was even a dog trainer uh, in one of my bread and butter jobs while I was an actor. So I knew a lot about dogs, at least, and animals. And I said, I try it. Why? And he had a war dog commission. Somebody had contacted him, the military, actually, and they had this war dog story of the handler who was a 25 year old sergeant on his first deployment with this dog to Afghanistan. The dog wound up because of weather, he was a mind sniffer. So he used to sniff out mines um, uh, to keep people from stepping on them and, and, and exploding them, right? Well, he was going through this ravine and the dog missed a mine and when the handler walked through the ravine behind the dog he stepped on the mine and he was the only one who died it, the there was four other combat men with him they were safe the dog was safe but he had died and the dog was being sent back home decommissioned and sent back home to the handler's mom who is in california so my colleague asked if I can communicate with the dog. First do a reading. The owner, the mom, was very skeptical about this. And I said, well, you know what? Not only will I do a reading, I'm going to try to communicate with his handler, the dog's handler. 
And so I did. And I received all this incredible information from the dog that then allowed me to communicate and connect with the deceased handler, which then allowed me to connect all of them to mom and the handler's brothers and family at home and make this this triangle relationship and communication that was so profound. Um, a matter of fact, it was so profound that the UK television, Lion TV in the UK had heard about it, came over, did a whole special on it. Um, so it was amazing. So from that point on, I started communicating with animals not just to communicate possibly with deceased relationships, but to find out not only the animals' problems, but we have dominion as humans and as spiritual beings over this entire planet and this universe, everything physical. We were told when we were first created and this physicality was created that because of our vibration and because we're created in the image of divine, that our energy was going to supersede and influence all other energy on this planet, including the physical bodies. And that didn't mean that, oh, we can control it and we can manipulate and do anything that we wanted. It meant we had responsibility. Well, a lot of the problems that our domesticated animals and pets and animals that a lot of humans are around, uh, those animals wind up picking up a lot of the vibrations and the issues that the humans themselves are experiencing, the owners. So what I do is I go in there, I first communicate with the animal to find out what the problem is, but then I go deeper to find out what the emotional issue is and how it relates back to the owner. So we heal the animal and heal the owner. So that's the work that I do. I mean, I've had such incredible work with animals. I even worked with a jackass. And, and I'm not talking about some of the people I've worked with. I'm talking about an actual donkey um, that had a problem. And it was, she was great. And, um, and she was telling me issues that the vets could not resolve. She was experiencing these problems and the owner was at her last, you know, uh, resort and, and decided, I'm going to call this psychic animal communicator and I'm going to see if he can come up with something. She was willing to try anything. Well, as soon as I got down there, I linked with this donkey. And it was so interesting because donkey was telling me everything. And as I was repeating it to the owner, she was able to validate. She's standing right there going, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly what happens. Yes, that's what, what happened the other day. Yes, there's hundreds of geese that comes into her pen. Yes, oh, my God, there's horses in the background that are making a nerve. So it was on and on and on. And then she also, the donkey, was telling me that she doesn't like to see her owner and partner argue either. She doesn't like to feel the distress that goes on in the family. And so that helped. Um, and, and of course, I've heard recently that everything that I recommended for the donkey to do absolutely healed the donkey. Um, the vet went along with it. And so I've been doing that for everybody. And the most, the exciting one though, Paula, is Coco the gorilla was a very famous gorilla who learned sign language. That was the one gorilla in the Gorilla Foundation that learned sign language and was able to communicate with the doctor, Dr. Jennifer, I believe her first name was, and um, communicate different things back and forth. So Coco was amazing. Well, they had asked me to link with Coco. 
and I did. And I was able to get information from Coco that no other human was able to get from Coco, which was remarkable. And this was before Coco died. Coco died last year, sadly. Coco was depressed because she never had a baby gorilla and she always wanted a baby gorilla. She was supposed to get land. She never got her land and she died of depression and the, and the um, failure to thrive, just like an unhappy human, which was very sad. But Coco told me, which was so interesting, she let me in and she said to me, a flower is Coco, a cat is Coco, Coco is the earth. We are all one. When Coco dies, when a flower dies, when a dog dies, the earth dies. When humans die, the earth does not die because the humans are not part or from the earth. Humans are from the skies. Oh my God. And that was the most amazing thing because that totally, in a nutshell, just put a kibosh on the theory of evolution and which other experts were doing anyway. Greg Braden, that's his primary work, is to show that Darwin was completely nuts in his formulation of the theory of evolution, especially since his studies were the study of a fruit fly. And, and that's how he decided that, that humans come from apes. They will never find the missing link. There is none. We spontaneously appeared here 11,000 some odd years ago, and we are not from the earth. We used some stuff from the earth to create physical existence, but we are spirits and souls that incarnated down here on this planet, whereas everything else on this planet evolved from the planet and that's what coco wanted me to know and that's why she says it's so stupid for you the way you treat the earth because you don't have to worry about it because it, you know you shoot each other nothing happens on the earth you hurt us the whole earth gets affected mm -hmm. that was the primary message which was amazing oh my gosh vincent you are so fascinating that oh is, that is so <laughs> I don't know. You got to tell my wife that after 46 years, she might have been starting to get bored with me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have about one more minute of the show. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, we may have to do another show, everybody. There may be. I would love to. That would be so spectacular. Yes, we will do that. What, what last words do you want to share with everyone, Vincent, before we go? Okay, understand that because of the human mind and because of the psychological processes that go on within it, that the brain is meant to keep us alive and to protect us, that it actually shields you from your true set of self-belief. So you don't believe what you think you believe. The reason why that's so important is you're not manifesting what you want to manifest because you're not manifesting from your true beliefs. You're manifesting from your hidden beliefs and you need to release them and allow yourself to become the magnificent person that you deserve to be and that you cannot create anything until you believe in yourself, your divinity, your magnificence and your unlimited ability. And so stop stopping yourself and become unstoppable. That's my greatest message. I love it. I love it. I know. That's a, that's I bring that around the country now, too. Oh, I love it. Oh, Vincent, this was so fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank we you. We together again. 
To everyone out there, love, hugs, and blessings. Vincent, love, hugs, and blessings. And thank you so much, Paula, for having me. And bye-bye to everybody who's watching. I'm so honored. Live a happy life. Turn your average life into a happy life with Paula Vale's book, Why Am I So Happy? Tired of waking up to the same routine, but just a different day? Would you like to live a happy life effortlessly? We want to introduce you to Paula Vale, the author of Why Am I So Happy? Paula is a TV slash radio host, Reiki master slash teacher, and published author. She understands life's challenges and will guide you in releasing negative thoughts to find emotional and physical joy and balance. Paula shares tips on how to invest in yourself to become the joy-filled person you were meant to be. Paula's book, why Am I So Happy? is informative, inspiring, and overflowing with gratitude. Her words benefit both men and women and provide a guide to living a happy, healthy, fun, and prosperous life. Why live the happy life? Because you deserve it. It's that simple. Don't procrastinate because you could be living your happy life now. Purchase Paula's book, Why Am I So Happy? on Amazon.com today.